Hi, and welcome to another episode of Elevator Music, sponsored by Doors Open One. Uh, I'm Brian Bocek. And I'm J.R. Wydra. And the sponsors keep getting better. I'd like to point that out. Oh, they are getting much, much yeah, better. Doors. We're starting to roll in the dough now that we've got a couple episodes out yeah. there. So today we want to talk about the issues of worship music and where that's headed in the church. It's kind of a hot topic among congregations across the country. Yeah, it has been for a while. I mean... Maybe as long as churches have been around, I don't know. But before we even get into that, I, I would like to, first of all, apologize to our audience. I feel like we owe them an apology. Because oh, we, of def- we owe Dr. Keeker, Dr. Aaron Keeker of Trinity Christian College an apology as well. Because of the sound quality of that last podcast was just terrible. The levels were off. Everything was off. We didn't have the mojo flowing. We, we, yeah, we just, we were not, not on our, we not, we not on our, our game. game. And so we apologize. <laughs> but... Today, it's going to be a little different. Um, Brian and I are just going to chat instead of having an interview. Yeah. Um, just a nice, I, cozy really, little chat. Uh, there's really no reason for it other than w- I don't think we could have lined up another interview in the time period that we had. Yeah, and it's just, work, you know, so. the month of August, you know, teachers are getting ready for classes, students are getting ready for classes, pastors are getting ready doing for classes. <laughs> All, everyone's getting ready for a class. You know, even the people who are, you know, not going to school. Uh, so... Today, like I said, we're talking about worship music and where that's heading. Uh, a lot of you, I'm sure, have experienced um, conflict around surrounding worship music. You know, what kind of style should it be? Who should lead it? How often should it be done? Um, all these different uh, topics and, and or subtopics. So, uh, Jr., what do you what do you feel about worship uh, as it is now? Well, I mean, I mean, again, this is a really broad topic. And another little side point before we even dig into it any further, it, anyone in the audience, the listening audience, if you have any ideas for topics that you'd like to discuss, please shoot us an email at elevatormusic0 at gmail.com and let us know. Oh, yeah, um, sure. I mean, again, we can come up with topics on our own, and we do like the sound of our own voice, but we'd like to hear the sound of yours via email so we'd read it but wouldn't hear it. But anyway... Yeah. Um, so, I mean, getting back to this this topic of uh, music, I don't know where you want to begin. I mean, I think worship is incredibly important to Christianity and to our relationship with God. I mean, it is something that has been there since the dawn of time, and there are so many different, you know, examples of worship. I, I right. Think, I mean, specifically, we'll be talking about music. Yeah, I think that that's something we should clarify first too. You know, I, I personally feel that the definition of worship, uh, as found in in uh, Romans twelve, uh, talks about you know this is um, conforming our hearts and our bodies and our mind, um, and that you know it says very blatantly that that is our spiritual act of worship. Right. And so you know, I think what God considers worship is our entire life. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, how everything we, live we do, it. every thought we think, every action. Um, Every word we speak, everything. Um, but, I mean, specifically for today's, uh, or this installment, I guess I could say, of, of uh, Elevator Music, we're going to be speaking about music as a form of worship. And right. Specifically even within that, because there are so many different ideas of music. I'm talking about the music we hear in church at our at our services, on our, our Saturday nights, our Sunday mornings, our Sunday nights, um, whatever. Um, so... I would like to just start out by saying, and maybe this is just stirring the pot a little bit, and maybe you'll just completely agree with me that, doubtful in my mind, <laughs> right? In my mind, for most people, at least I've seen in most churches, and not that I'm an expert by any means on topic, but I feel that music or worship as a form of music has become an idol in our churches, in that we want it to fit our, we want this music in a sense, we want this form of worship. 
um, to fit our own ideals, to fit our own tastes, that we completely, in, a, in, my, in my mind, miss out on the real reason why we, we worship, and that is to bring God glory, you know? Um, right. And I think we see that in so many different ways. I mean, it's not just one specific generation, I find, that struggles with this. I think, across the board, all generations of people that attend church... Um, deal with this idol in a way and not i mean i'm not suggesting that everyone uh, you know handles music um as worship in an in a, in a fashion as idol if i mean do you know what i'm saying when oh, i oh yeah I definitely i i think um something that, that i fair? noticed uh and something that should be addressed is that you know this past uh um, this you know, a couple weeks ago, I went on a retreat with some junior hires, and I noticed that we had a, a really cool praise band there. Uh, six days from Sunday, uh, if you guys ever want to check them out, you know, just go to their website and, and do that. But uh, they were they were a really good band, you know, and I enjoyed them leading worship. Uh, but one of the things I noticed is that junior high girls, and it's not just something characteristic to them. Um, you know, I myself, I'm a college guy, and like you know, I can fall fall. Um, fault to this the same sin is that we, we almost worship the band that's on stage exactly. um it's it's not even the music but it, it almost becomes these idols and so on this retreat like when the band would come up these junior high girls would just rush up you know to the front of the stage and just be like going crazy like they were at a rock concert or something yeah. um and that's something I, I think needs to be addressed in our church and this band did that really well the the very last song on the very last evening the band, um, everyone stopped singing. We were singing uh, No One Like You, and everyone in the band stopped playing except for the guitarist. And he, he said, he was like, we're going to, you know, we're just going to keep singing this. And, you know, we as the band are going to leave, but I want you guys to keep singing. And so what the band did was um, they came out into the audience, but everyone was still singing because he, he told them, he was like, I want to make sure you guys are worshiping God and not worshiping the band. Right. And I think that's something very important for us to to look at when it comes to worship music in right. our churches. And I think it's it's completely just a point of view that we seem to have. And I don't just mean like an individual point of view, but how we view worship in a sense. We see ourselves so often as the audience of worship, oh, yeah, as the definitely. ones that are, you know, in a way taking in this worship, when really, I mean, God, in my mind, is an audience member and yeah. a participator in a sense. Right. I mean, through the ability to inspire us in our own worship. But, I mean, specifically, we are, I mean, we are the you know, the actors on the stage or whatever you want to say. I mean, we are the, the ones participating in this worship. We aren't the ones just sitting there looking back, you know, enjoying the PowerPoints as they slide past. and the laser <laughs> Or don't slide. <laughs> right. Or the laser light show. I mean, churches take it to so many different degrees of Oh, it's of true. It's I mean, true. I spe- specifically, I guess I'm staying in the realm of, like, pop Christianity, if I can even call it that, I guess. Just uh, yeah, contemporary yeah. music um, in a Christian s- circle. Um And I think uh, most often you find either really emergent churches seem to kind of succumb to this style of worship or mega churches where it almost becomes a form of entertainment, like you were saying, instead of... And that's something I... I, Because what I I feel that musical worship is, too, is uh, by definition, I think it's our response to what, what God has done for us. Uh, it, it's our response to God's love for us, His for you know His forgiveness, exactly. everything He's given to us, and I think it's a really really crappy response if our response is praising the band um, and and really paying attention to what's up front as opposed to what's what's up above, right. um, metaphorically around, speaking. Right. Yeah, uh, and so I think that's something that we need to look at. But along those same lines, if if we consider worship as our response to God, one of my one of my other beefs with worship is that. 
Um, you know, we're 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 kind of down talking the band, but let's look at at some of the the hymns in traditional music. And don't get me wrong, I I do enjoy both both forms, and I think they're uh, both have a very good role in the church. But one thing that I noticed with that is looking around a congregation, singing a hymn, nine out of ten times the people are are not really singing, or if they are, they're kind of just speaking the words, you know? Right. And it, it really, really saddens me to, to look around and think, well, this is this is how we respond to what God has done for us with this, you know, half-hearted speaking of words from a hymnal? Sure. And, you know, this is something for me that has been an issue that I've been dealing with, I guess, for the last couple of years, really trying to, I, I guess I should kind of back things up a second say for a long time I really had a hard time singing hymns for the same reason I felt that the energy kind of died in a room when hymns were sung but to be perfectly honest over the last year or two I've really really come to appreciate hymns and I've really begun to recognize too and and I'm not saying this is what you're suggesting but I've really become to realize too that so often I think I really accredited worship with the emotional the emotional response it evoked so much more so than I guess the the truth of behind what I'm saying, and, and yeah. if I'm really letting the words sink into my heart. So often, I found myself, you know, raising my hands up at a praise and worship here at Trinity, which I think are great. Um, it's something I really enjoy going to. But lifting my hands up, really getting into the music, and then leaving and going, you know, I'm not even sure what I just said. You yeah, know, we could have been singing, you know, a bunch of gibberish, and it, you know, the intensity of you know, the whole setting in a sense gets me there. And in in one sense, that's what I appreciate about um, old, old hymns, you know. You know, pounded out on a piano instead of on guitars and, uh, you know... Shredding the keys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and along with that, even... And I think sometimes these tend to go hand in hand is liturgical worship, too, in a sense. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, that's a, another issue in a sense because it's not necessarily related to music. But I find that if we if we seem to get... In our, and this goes back to the whole idea of, like, idolism or idol worship, I guess, <laughs> as far as music as worship goes if we begin to get in our minds that there is only one form of worship that is truly you know acceptable in god's eyes we need to be careful about how we define that then you know definitely and something something i'm kind of jumping a little bit here um well, actually, uh, we'll say that for for a few minutes. But uh, you mentioned the fact that with uh, contemporary worship, um, you know, with with the guitars and the drums and everything, we often you know get so wrapped up in the music and the awesome, you know, the loudness of it, the excitement and the clapping of the hands and the dancing around that we we don't even realize sometimes we're singing to God, uh, and and so what happens is we kind of get on one of those spiritual highs, only it, it's it's almost more of a music high, you know. Right. Uh, for those of you in the listening audience who have ever attended a concert, which I'm betting is the majority of you, you know, you you during that rock concert, you were just on this this music high and everything is yeah. great. And one of the things I think that is dangerous with contemporary music is people mistake that music high for the Holy Spirit. And they're like, oh, you know, I really felt the Holy Spirit tonight, especially yeah. during that guitar solo or something like right. that, you know. And I'm, I'm just as guilty of that oh, of course. as, I mean, as I anyone. Um, but again, that's that's one thing that hymns have is that you you're really forced to think about what you're saying, exactly. and not only that, but um, as opposed to repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again, uh, with hymns you really take an idea and go into depth with it. You right. there's a lot more scripture you'll notice in in hymns than there right, are exactly. in uh, in more contemporary songs. Right. Uh, so with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, so don't go anywhere, and we'll see you shortly. 
you have troubles getting into rooms, opening doors, well try new door handles. Hear a testimony from one of our customers. Good morrow, my name is Alfred Willoughby, and I am an avid door user. I used to have trouble getting into rooms before I discovered the three-step method. Turn the handle, push or pull, and Bob's your uncle, you're in the room. Doors. Open one. Wow. Doors. I will open one. I open one every day when I step in my car. That's a door. I, I try to open at least three or four a day. I like yeah. to keep the door muscles I'd like to <laughs> meet this Alfred down. Willoughby and shake his hand. He sounds like a real winner. Dude, He's. we should get him on the show. You know, we he, should. He, he sounds like he's got what it all together. What an incredible voice he has. <laughs> uh, wow. we're, we're still hurting still for sponsors. Hurting for sponsors. And I think the reason we don't have one is because it's so entertaining for us to come up with one of our own. No one would want us to. Uh, yeah, let's, let's just clap it out for that one, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, was, that, was, that was a good one. You're abusing the soundboard right now. <laughs> I'm going to take that away from you. No, oh, man. Um, but back to the topic, you actually got me thinking um, before we hit our commercial break um, about, you know, this idea that, you know, when we sing hymns or speak them, you know, what, however we, you know, Hymns are hard to sing, I find, too. Oh, definitely. They're often in keys that are just un- and ungodly. And there's there's like, words you don't understand, like Ebenezer. Like yeah. Wh- anyway, but it, one thing that I do appreciate that I think sometimes is missing from other forms of worship would be the deep theological content within hymns that we oftentimes don't get in contemporary Christian music, I find. Um, like you were saying, it seems it doesn't just repeat words over and over. And now I'm repeating what you said, but it digs into a topic deeper. Yeah. And that's not to say that every hymn ever written is theologically sound. I mean, I've read some oh, hymns yeah. from old books that just bog my mind that they were ever printed because it's so wrong. But I think across the board, at least, hymns typically for me d- dig into theological concepts a lot deeper than. Maybe contemporary music does. I mean, and, and I think this is, and maybe this is a generalization, that, and maybe it's wrong, but I find that contemporary Christian music drives itself through that emotional music high, in a sense, where you, you, you put together these, you know, you string together these words that are supposed yeah. to evoke some sort of response, and maybe we are oftentimes mistaking the Holy Spirit for and some other emotion. And then again, maybe the Holy Spirit is you know, taking hold of our hearts through that emotion too. But that's what makes, I'm a little more cautious now when I go into a contemporary service or things like that to be careful, you know, where my heart and mind are before we even begin to worship God. And, and the same thing goes for a more traditional service. It's, it's easy often I find to let your mind wander then because when you aren't, you know, constantly being, feeling the bump of a bass drum or seeing, you know, the sweet movie of an eagle flying over a mountain. While you, sing, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like while you sing the beach backgrounds and the PowerPoints. Right. Um, you often like zone out in a sense, and then you miss out on the benefits of. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, but hymn. but one of the things you know that you kind of brought up was that you know even the language in in hymns is a little bit a little bit you know weird. And one thing that that I can say for contemporary music is that 
it, it often feels more natural for me. Um, a lot of times when I worship, I, it, it is almost like a continuous prayer, you know. I consider consider my worship kind of, you know, as my reaction, it's also an interaction uh, with God. And so right. a lot of times, you know, you'll sing songs of like, you know, I'm bending my knees, I'm giving my all to you, um, you know, that sort of things. And with that sense, you know, hymns, it, it almost seems like you're not singing your own words, uh because it, you know, it it comes from a long time ago. It comes from a different generation, um, but that's not to say that we can't still appreciate course, it right. um, or use it. The language is different. I mean, it, in a sense. I mean, not as it's written in English or whatever. But I mean, like you're saying, and so there's a disconnect. You lose sort of a. That's another problem. You, you, sometimes you lose a personal touch, perhaps. On the flip side of that, though, I think that you gain a connection because right. um, you are singing the same words that you know your great 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 grandfather sure. sang when right. he when he praised God, and I think that's an awesome awesome thing to do. Um, one I find I find, and not to interrupt you, but I find that one of the problems in the church too is the generational divide, where we seem to kind of grind our heels in. To you know, yeah. def- draw the line and grind our heels in. You know, the hip young church and the old boring church. You and know? you know, that's something I was I was just about to touch on too. I remember at one of the churches I used to attend, uh, we tried to bring in a more contemporary, uh, contemporary worship, and uh, you know, some of the the older generations were just like, no, like we're not going to have that kind of stuff because they were afraid that it was too culturized. You know, that it was it was getting too much away from the church and too much into culture. Uh, and to that, I just, you know, I want to point out the fact that hymns at one point in time were also a part of, uh, a major part of culture. Uh, Martin Luther, a lot of the hymns that he wrote were to the, you know, to like bar tunes and stuff. Uh, and so in that sense, you know, every, at one point in every type of music's or every song's, you know, lifetime, it was, you know, sync with culture it, it was more right. sync with culture almost than it might have been with the church sure and so we accept that as tradition and assume that it's okay but in reality you know it's not it really all comes from the same place of course and you know i just was thinking of this while we were talking a book that my church studied um was called who stole my church by my church Gor- actually just did that too really by gordon mcdonald and i would recommend that to all the listeners out there to read it's a really easy read and it's it's a fictional story but it's based off of many true examples from within a um within a this gordon mcdonald's uh own experience as a pastor i believe he was yeah um and it, it kind of touches on that same thing you were just discussing like i mean nowadays we we find often sometimes older generations will say we won't have a drum in our church because that's you know an instrument of the devil well the piano and the organ yeah I'm still, abu- the, still abusing the, the, the soundboard. <laughs> the devil just came into <laughs> our our podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the same way that you know, you know, I don't know. Hundred years ago, I I don't have a timeline for me. But the organ was you know the music of the devil, the instrument of the devil yeah, in a sense because yeah. hymns were supposed to be hung a cappella, right? Uh, um, and that that kind of in a in a, in a way uh, brings me to another point that I wanted to bring up, and that is the the musicians of the church. Um, the musicians that play these instruments, a lot of time I've heard that, uh, okay, so like, you know, you'll go into a church and, and the musicians, and this, I'm a music person, so you'll have to forgive me on some of this, I'm a little bit picky, but a lot of times you go into a church and the music will be a little bit, you know, subpar. Um, a lot of times you'll get people who are like, oh, I want to sing and, and be on the worship team. And that's great, you know, I think it's awesome that people want to do that sort of thing, but then, then the church almost gets this mindset where they're like, well, you know, if this person wants to help lead worship, who are we to say that they can't? You know, and 
And what can what I'm afraid of happening is that with churches it can become this this music that almost becomes distracting to listen to because it's it's not you know maybe not not on pitch right not on rhythm right and whatnot like that. Um, and I've heard it said you know that oh it shouldn't matter how good the music is because it's not about the music. And I would agree with that statement. You but mean, one you mean technically good then in a sense. Yeah, right? I'm, so, I'm talking technically right. good like musicianship. And one thing that you know always bothers me is that. I think it should be because uh, when you look in the Old Testament and, and you see uh, or you read about God giving um, Moses the directions for the, the tabernacle, he says, you know, find the best craftsmen, find, you know, the best uh, masonry people, the best, you know, seamstresses, um, the best people who can who can mold and shape the gold or whatever. Um, you know, he says, find the best of the best. Uh, and I, again, I think it's great that everyone wants to share their talents and their abilities, but at the same time, I, I don't think we should just accept blindly just because they want to. Right, and it, you know that's a that's a tough subject even to delve into because it, it gets it comes down to where not only where someone's talent lies but where their heart lies too, and what what God would what would please God. And it's sometimes difficult for us to see that. And, I, and at the same <laughs> point, I really understand what you're saying though too, because it can be distracting, and you begin to wonder then: Is this really where your gifting lies? If if you're not a good musician, perhaps you don't have that talent. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, being someone who plays an instrument, I know the difficulty of it, and I know what good musicians look like and sound like. And Just like me. No, I'm just kidding. Brian Bocek is uh, a textbook <laughs> example. <laughs> but uh, uh, of a failed musician. Right. Example of a failed musician. Um, but one, I, sorry, go ahead, man. I mean, not to interrupt you, but I mean, just to wrap up my own thoughts, I think what it eventually comes down to is we need to have, again, this idea of this point of view, where are we really coming from with our music and our worship? I mean, there are benefits yeah. and, and negatives to both contemporary uh, music and then old hymns of old or whatever we'll call them. If we're going to divide them, that, you know, that's simply into two different categories, which it can be broken down into so many different Oh, categories. yes, definitely. But just speaking in generalities, I think we just need to recognize that who we are really worshiping and why we've come there to worship um, and to make sure our hearts are in the right place. I mean, because it is a spiritual act of worship. Yeah, I, th- I think wrapping wrapping up kind of my, my thoughts on this as well is that, uh, you know, I, I've, I really feel that the ideal worship service or the ideal worship style is a sort of like blended, and I know I know that's it's kind of a, a faux pas term there, um, but making use of both both styles, whether that's doing, you know, using a hymn in a and and doing it in a more contemporary way, or maybe you know in a service doing you know a couple hymns and a couple of um, more contemporary songs. Because again, we, you know as we've just you know talked it out, like you know both both you know every music has its own weaknesses and strengths, and I think that combined um, we can really use it. Exactly. And again, like you were saying, I think the the really the big key here in in this controversy in this these arguments that are plaguing the congregations of of the world really. Is that uh, you know we, we really need to just check our hearts and see if it's if it's the form of music if it's the music that we're worshiping or if it's you know the thing that we are worshiping God if that's you know where our hearts lie and I think that's that's the key so so that about wraps it up for this installment of Elevator Music um, if you guys have any sort of questions or any input on what we've just discussed or any future topics please let us know yeah let us know you guys know where to contact us. Um, Elevator-music.com dot Tumblr T-U-M-B-L-R dot com um, And I'm Jared Wydra I'm Brian Bochek And we would like to thank FM Static for their song October off their album What Are You Waiting For? And we'd also like to thank Trinity's AV department again for letting us use their equipment They're, They rock pretty much They're the best Peace Adios Adios